So are you ready to PR yourself? We'll remove the mystery from all things PR and we'll discuss everything from our top strategies to tips and tricks and everything that you can utilize to further enhance your brand or your message. I've been in media, I'm a journalist, and I'm also a publicist. I am Leah Frazier, CEO of Think3 Media and your host for PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. Let's go. And welcome back to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. I am your host, Leah Frazier, and I'm so excited to be back with you. It is that time of year, okay? It is the time of year where we start evaluating goals. We start looking at our businesses. What can we do better? What can we shift? Should I pivot? What are all the things that I did right? What are all the things that were shot to hell? All those things, right? And so I love this time of year because it's a time to get with the experts and figure out like where should we be headed in 2024? I don't want to wait till January 1 to figure out what is trending in my industry. I need to get started on that now. So I am super duper excited. Over the next couple of episodes, um, you're going to want to save these down. You're going to want to have your paper, your pen, all the things that you're used to doing when you listen to this podcast. But I am going to try to bring on the experts to get you ready in some of those um, PR pillars, as I would like to call them, um, to tell you what's new, what's next, and what's hot. So on this episode in particular, we're tackling, we're tackling social media. We, we hate to love it. And we love to hate it. (laughs) It's like you can't win with the damn thing. All right. So I have an expert coming on. It is a fabulous, fabulous conversation. Like I'm not even kidding you with Carlin Ankrum of Oh Snap Social. Like she honestly, I just felt like I was talking to one of my friends where it was like, okay, after we get off this Zoom, let's go have a drink. (laughs) But she is absolutely amazing. And there was things that she was saying where I even wanted to like press pause and and write it down. And there was things that she was hinting towards that were going to be big in 2024 um, where I was like, oh, I'm already on that path. So it really encouraged me to beef some things up and to to push myself even further, you know, and I'm in this lane. And then there was other things that we recorded the podcast and literally the next day emails were coming out hinting towards it. And I was like, holy crap, Carlin told me about this. And so she is so awesome. This is an episode you do not want to miss. So today is all things social media. And then after this episode, she and I are going to be talking about seven CTAs, seven call to actions that you're not using on social media and is jacking with your engagement. So she's literally going to give you the blueprint. So I'm so excited. So that one's going to drop next. And then we're always going to do what we do annually. And we're going to get with the experts to talk about PR trends for 2024. Where are things headed from a PR standpoint? What are brands looking for? What are influencers looking for? What is the data and the insights showing what works and doesn't work in in PR? Um, So I'll be having an expert on to discuss that. So by the time you get done this month, you really should feel knowledgeable, educated and equipped to move forward in some capacity (laughs) with your business in doing and following the flow of what's trending and what's going to pop off. So super duper duper excited about this. So before I bring Carlin on, I'm going to just read. It's so funny. Again, everything is just always in alignment. So I was on Instagram and Instagram always gets me because now, you know, we have threads. I am going to admit I officially went off of Twitter probably three or four weeks ago. So I'm no longer posting there, but I am becoming super active in threads. And now that Instagram shows the threads within your Instagram feed, it's easier to hop in on those conversations. So Instagram, Mark, I peep your game. I see what you're doing (laughs) Um, because it's obvious 
that Twitter is is kind of going through some things right now. Um, so I've been heavy onto the the threats train. And right after I had this conversation with Carlin, I saw an influencer post and she says this. The old Instagram is gone. Look, guys, you have to just accept it now. She says, uh, my Instagram account started growing recently when I stopped posting just because I thought a picture was nice. Instead, I now post with the intention of how can this help or inspire somebody? And with beneficial and relatable messaging, my posts are shared and the algorithm has been kind to me. So instead of saying Instagram is broken, Maybe ask yourself, does this post benefit anybody's life other than mine? Then she went on to add, stop posting just to be seen. Actually help somebody. And you won't even have to ask them to share your content. If you're helping people, people will help you. And then there was somebody that replied back, no girl, list the algorithm. It ain't folks content. I post a video on IG and get 96 views and blah, 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 blah. But she has a point, all right? I, I'm not the expert, so maybe we'll do a follow-up with Carlin. But when you post for value and you post with value, you will notice that people will comment or share or engage with your content. One of the things we're going to talk about this episode is that word authentic. So when you're posting authentically as well, and it's not necessarily always so Uh, robotic, right? Or this is a part of my strategy. (laughs) Because people can read that energy. But if you're really doing it from a genuine space, trying to help folks, I know recently, if any of you guys follow me, it has absolutely nothing to do with PR (laughs) or my wellness business. Um, But I've been posting a lot about travel. Um, I surprised myself this year. I went on six international trips, and I can't even count the number of domestic trips that I went on. Um, but I just really woke up one day after I turned 40 and was like, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go anywhere I want in the world. I don't know where the money is going to come from. And it came. And I do understand that there's a privilege that comes with that. And specifically when I traveled to South Africa, I got really emotional because I realized that there are people who come from communities um, where I grew up or come from communities like mine um, or who look like me that will never in their lifetime get to go to Africa or get to go to somewhere within the continent of where they came from. And so I took that very seriously. And when I really, really sat down and thought about it, I'm like, look, th- maybe this is a new pillar for me, <laughs> but I want to show people the world. And I want to do it through the lens of if I can do it, you can do it. Now, I know I don't have kids and people like, oh, well, you ain't got kids. So that's how you can do this. And I'm not going to argue with that. Right. But I'm in some travel groups where there's families, there's a husband and a wife and they've got three kids and they make it happen and they talk about their journey. So it's possible. I'm just here to show people what's possible. Okay. And I noticed that the more I started posting my travels, it could have even been, there was one I did on Facebook and it was just a picture of uh, Cape Town, I believe, or Cape Point. First off, I had to climb to the top of this hill and baby girl wasn't really in the best shape, but I made it because I was trying to prove a point. I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit fluffy, but I can make it up there. (laughs) So once I made it to the top, I was taking pictures along the way. And I posted that picture on Facebook about a couple of weeks after I got back. And I was like, this is Africa. This is South Africa. Because the picture showed um, the ocean. It showed hills. It showed beautiful greenery, beautiful flowers. And it's not the images that we're used to seeing from that continent. And I don't think that, again, people from my community, being African-American, um, we have a very limited view of what Africa looks like. And so when I posted that picture, man, the amount of likes, comments, shares, people that said, I've got to go now. I was like, okay, people are really vibing with this content. But to this thread user who just posted this, to her point, I did it because in some way it brings value to people. It brings them hope 
inspiration. It's authentic to me because I love to travel and I love to take beautiful pictures and I love to inspire people to do the same. So as you're and and now I'm posting travel content quite a bit. Um, I have so many photos from the six trips that I took this year that I'm thinking of, of, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am thinking of some strategic ways to roll it out so that, um, it is received and gets the most engagement, but the foundation and the reason behind it is still the same. (laughs) My why is still the same. I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm doing it because I'm really trying to bring value and inspire people. And that is the difference. What I will add to what this user didn't say is, if it's your Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever, Sometimes just post whatever the hell that you want. If you want to post a pic of this amazing apple pie that you get in your local bakery because it turns you on, post that picture with a little dollop of ice cream on the side. See my fat girls coming out. But whatever rocks your boat. Yes, sometimes you need to stay within your brand. But then there's other times where it's like, just do it because it makes you feel good. Do it because you like to do it. And I think with social media, we've gotten away with that. And I I do believe Carlin addresses that as well. So maybe I should just shut up at this point. (laughs) So with that being said, that's just my way in and, and know that this is an ongoing conversation because literally the moment when we stopped recording this, that girl's comment fell on my feed. The very next day, one of the trends that Carlin talked about came into my email inbox. I actually forwarded it to her. So we're on to something. So if you are curious, I beg you to stay tuned. But I also implore you to share this out. This is a podcast that's meant to help everybody. <laughs> if you have friends in business and and for many of us, we're the accountant, we're the publicist, we're the brand manager, we're the marketer, <laughs> we're the community engagement officer, we're all of those things, then you really, really, really need to um, rely on the experts that I bring on this show to at least steer you in the right direction. Now, our goal is that eventually you'll hire a social media firm or a social media manager or maybe consult with an OSNAP social so that you can do what you do best and operate in your gift and then delegate. That's the point. That's how businesses grow. That's how you scale. But until then, definitely keep it locked in here with the trends and share if you find anything valuable. So with that being said, I want you to keep it tuned in. You're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors. And then when I get back, we're going to be talking about the top five social media trends. And actually, we threw in a bonus. So it's kind of like six. You're welcome. Social media trends for 2024. So keep it locked in here. and We'll be right back after the break. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Welcome back to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. I'm your host, Leah Frazier, and I am here with what you guys always ask me for because I don't want to talk about it and you don't want to do it. (laughs) But I brought someone here who actually loves this stuff. So we're going to be talking all things social media and social media trends Leading into 2024 with the Carlin Ankrum. I'll tell you a little bit about Carlin. She's the founder and lead strategist of Osnap Social. Is that, I don't know, when I see it, that's what I think. Osnap? It's a vibe. It is a whole vibe. 
And she's the creator of the Fan Firestarter Framework. It's a new approach to social media marketing made specifically for businesses like yours. All right. She's developed user-friendly strategies, which we'll be talking a little bit about today. After working for a decade with a variety of brick and mortar businesses who were decidedly social allergic. That's all of (laughs) y'all. Not because they don't want to do social media, but because they're intimidated by it. In response, her new system helps you newbies get on the fast track to unsticking your social media in just one hour per week. Now, that's a whole nother episode. You're just trying to, you know, if you just wanted to co-host PR yourself with Leah <laughs> Frazier, Carl, you should have just told me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I already know this conversation is going to be juicy. I, I mean, but what isn't juicy about social media? Every time we turn around, there's a new platform, a new app. I can't keep up. And then we wonder why people are intimidated. Yeah. And like it it often is a time suck for a lot of us busy small business owners. And we're hearing on social about from all these gurus that are like, hey, create 30 reels on Instagram in 30 days. And then we get to like day three and we're burnt out. Then we feel like, what's the point? Like, it's just this tumbleweed, right? That we're all having to, you know, watch float on by and feeling like we're missing out. And I want to help small business owners get out of their own way and create content that not only lights them up, And is fun for them to do, but also is easily compelling for their audience as well. So like, that is like my mission. I'm like, can we put the fun back in social media? Because we were having a lot of fun in 2020 because we had nothing better to do, but like show up and act a fool. And it was the best. Everybody became TikTok stars, even your grandmothers. Yeah. I mean, have you, I mean, do you have you followed brunch with Babs? No, that is like my number one Instagram when someone's like, I'm am I too old to be on Instagram or TikTok? And I'm like, do you follow at brunch with Babs? Because she's like 72. She started it in the pandemic giving mom tips, recipe tips. And she's now sponsored by Talbots. Like she looks good in her, she's been on the Today Show, Good Morning America, sharing like how to load a dishwasher. <laughs> like rant, you know, things that we all inherently should know, but maybe we weren't taught. She shares those tips on social media and she is killing it. She has a cookbook. She, I have a sweatshirt that says brunch and it says with Babs real small. Like, so she is, she stepped out of her own way. And I think a lot of it is because her daughter kind of was like, mom, you should do this. What else are we going to do during the pandemic? But, you know, hang out with each other because there's no one else to hang out with. But, you know, if she can do it, why can't you? I love that. We I had a guest on. She's actually she actually lives here in Dallas and same thing. She was just going on TikTok with her kids during the pandemic and all of a sudden became this TikTok star. Yeah. She's being I just saw her like two days ago and she's like, Oh, I'm being flown to Costa Rica and I just got back from Barcelona and she's got brand deals and she started a comedy career because Amazing. her yeah, her content was like comedy. And she was just so shocked because she's like, I literally was just in my house with my kids poking fun at them and just publicizing the silly jokes, you know, that we would do as a family and it took off. Yeah. I mean, because and I think that's something that we all forget, even as small business owners, is people are going on to platforms like Instagram, like TikTok to be entertained. And so how can we add a layer of entertainment on top of what we're doing to share our services and our mission and our values and all the things. And I didn't coin this phrase. I think the first time I heard it was either from Mari Smith, who's like the Facebook queen or Kim Garst, who's like a pioneer in the digital marketing, social media space. Mm -hmm. And they use the word edutainment, Mm. right? Like how can we educate, disrupt other people, you know, their regularly scheduled to interrupt (laughs) their regularly scheduled scrolling with something that you have to offer. And so that's where we have to think about a different layer of our content. But then that goes back to what 
I'm trying to get people to do is make it more fun. Because if you don't even want to watch it back, chances are your audience doesn't want to watch it back. <laughs> like if I'm just being honest, you know, so. So, <laughs> I mean, you've given so many great points already. And I think it kind of hinges back. Remember that conversation? Actually, it's not even a remember because it's, I feel like it comes up every single year. This This whole authenticity and be your authentic self and be genuine on social media. But um, how... How I feel like, especially for business owners, there's this fine line where it's like, how authentic can I be? Yes. At the end of the day, I'm trying to sell a product yes. or a service. So where does that fall in line? Well, and it's funny that you bring this word up because it's actually for 2023. It is the word of the year for Webster Dictionary. Oh, my God. It is. And and I think, in, and because it's like, was the most looked up word because we all kind of inherently know what being authentic means, but we also don't really know what it means. Mm. And so when we're looking at the definition of authentic, it's like showing up how you want to show up as your true self without, you know, with blinders on not paying attention to anybody else. And I used to actually, that's a lie. I still kind of have beef with the word. It's a very love hate relationship. Um, because it is a buzzword. It is overused in the marketing industry times 100. And so trying to figure out like, what does authentic mean to me? That question in itself is a little bit of a problem because you have to know who you are and it should just come out naturally. So like, as an example, I have a freak ton of energy. I am very high energy majority of my life. Um, my mom used to call me the energizer bunny. She'd be like, okay, turn around and let me take your batteries out. Cause I just would not shut up. Um, you know, I made my mom miss like an exit on the highway more times than I can count. Cause I was just chatty Kathy in the back seat. And so I own that. That's who I have been. And I think looking back even to your childhood, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, those are those moments that have shaped you to who you are. And I think sometimes we forget about the fun, playful side of who we are. That is something that is really sets us apart, especially on a place like social or when you're getting booked on TV or having interviews like this on a podcast. It's going back to what lights you up? What are you excited about? If that is oat milk lattes, share that. Share that you're like, that is your jam. Or for me, I love iced coffee. It doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees below zero. Like I am drinking iced coffee. Call me a polar bear if you must. Like that is my jam. And so I own that. And so it's not just thinking about how can you show up to sell your service or product, but also what are the things within your daily life that make you who you are and make you human and therefore makes you relatable and also authentic. But if you're paying attention to everyone else around you, oh, that person is sharing that she loves mac and cheese. Well, I'm going to like say that I like mac and cheese because that seems to be working for her. And then, yeah, and you just don't show up authentic. And then when people, the biggest compliment I've ever gotten, and I think other people would say this too, when you meet people in real life and they say, you're exactly how you are online. And that is a great indicator that you're showing up authentically. I love that. But a lot of us get distracted by our competitors, especially when we're in scroll mode, right? Imposter monsters, like, like just, (laughs) you know, draining our batteries without our permission. Yeah. So it's a, it's an uphill battle. And I think everyone has their own line of divide between personal side and business side. Right. And I had to come to that conclusion. I think I'm still working through it. I have a 16 month old daughter. We've been sharing her on social and I'm like, do I want to do that as she gets older? Right. She's a character. She's (laughs) hilarious. And she's also part of my life and who I am as a person. But also with AI coming out and all those things, I'm like, do we need to shift and change before, you know, because she's changing every day. So her face looks different, like from month to month, but just trying to figure that out. So yes, if you're a small business owner, you have to show up authentic, be yourself. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing because they're not you there. There's only one you. 
and find that balance between your human side, like that personal side and the business side. And how can you marry the two? And there's different strategies, which we can get into it at another time on how to kind of create that blend in a really intentional way. Yeah, I I think that's probably one of the top things that people do struggle with, especially like if you're a founder mm-hmm. of a startup or you yeah. are the face of the brand. It's like, how much is too much? Should I be private? Blah, blah, blah. So I think you had, I think that was that's a good suggestion. Like if you like oatmeal lattes, hell, like show yeah, the latte, sure. put in your stories. Yeah. It's, it's little steps like that. A great example is Sarah Blakely of Spanx. I love her. I, she's like my spirit animal. I'm like, can we be best friends? Um, and because of her, she got this idea in my brain. And then I'll go back to my original point. But, you know, she for her birthday, she takes her girlfriends on a massive trip. Like, that is my life goal. To take all of, like, my village of people somewhere and they have no idea where they're going. They just, like, I just say warm weather and they pack and they and I treat them. That is, like, my ultimate goal. That being said... I'm listening to um, an audiobook called The Spanx Story. It's not written by Sarah, but it's about her journey in the years. And when social started coming out, she's always been a very front-facing person for her brand. She was in the department stores talking to customers because her background is a salesperson. But she, if you go on her Instagram, she's always sharing pictures with her mug near her face. <laughs> and it has like some inspirational quote on it. So she's got a killer mug collection and she's always sharing that and people expect that from her. And that's how she shows up authentically. I love that. And that's like episodic content. That's easy for her to create because she's always drinking. I actually had iced coffee in this this morning (laughs) because I ran out of my bigger mugs, but like she has that and that is her. Yeah. Yes. Hot stuff. Right. (laughs) This is just, it looks like it like is a full statement, like K period. But I have that one. Is that K? Yes. So, you know, you just, you, you create content that's easy to create, that feels authentic to you. If it feels hard, I beg you to look at it from a different lens. Mm. And so this clearly transitions into 2024. So we still have to, it's something we still need to work on, but you've identified obviously other trends that are on the horizon. So as you guys are transitioning out of your 2023 year, you're getting ready and prepped for all of your big badass goals for 2024. What, what are, what should we be looking at? Yeah, there are five basic ones that I've seen kind of at the tail end of 2023 into 24. One is that people are utilizing social as search engines. I don't know what the stat is, but like, especially if your audience is in like the Gen Z younger millennials, which is like what, 25, 27 ish, they're searching the thing that they're looking for on TikTok. They're searching for, yeah, they're searching. Isn't that insane? But also people are searching on Facebook and they're searching on LinkedIn and they're searching on Instagram. And because of that, the platforms are also playing ball with this, you know, search engine optimization of their own, much like Google, right? And that's where when we're creating content, whether it's short form video, whether it's carousels, we have to consider our caption. People, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Carmen, you're done. We don't need no more tips. Yeah. You're, you're like, that's you're it. Done. You're like, we're going to go implement that. Bye. (laughs) This is the work. This is all the work itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. But I think it's it's just to be and yes, go with like the storytelling aspect, but also think about search outside of just hashtags, right? Like hashtags. I am still, you know, there's different schools of thought on hashtags until I see the data that tells me they don't work. I'm going to still use them all 30 on Instagram if you're counting. Hey, hey, you know, like. People are like, use three. And I'm like, why would I do that to myself when I know people are searching for stuff on these platforms? Why would I do that? So they still work. So still use them. But be intentional about the words that you are using in the body of your caption, um, as well as hashtags. So 
people are searching on platforms for things and services that they want. Wow. Uh, The second one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's a, it's a big one. And I think people sleep on it a little bit, you know, and another thing that people sleep on is the power of text only content. Now, granted, this isn't working on platforms that don't have that behavior, i.e. Instagram or TikTok, right? It's the LinkedIn, it's the X, it's the threads that I'm seeing take off in terms of engagement. I really only leverage LinkedIn because I'm a firm believer if you don't need to be everywhere if you're not generating business from everywhere. So I play on LinkedIn and Instagram. Instagram because it's fun and makes me happy. And LinkedIn because that's where people buy from me, (laughs) right? Facts, facts. And more facts. Yeah. And they have just, and their algorithm there is also changing and people are getting frustrated because just like on on Instagram, engagement is dropping, reach is dropping. We we knew that was going to come. Like LinkedIn, I feel like for so many years gave us so many freebies. Yes. For all y'all out there, I told y'all to get on the bus. Like, Years yep. ago, I told you on the train, the train left the station. Now you want to get upset because you don't get the amount of engagement that people mm-hmm. saw years ago when they were making it like this content machine. Yeah. You got to make it work for you. Yeah. And I've been testing in the past couple of months, just sharing what I call like opinionated content, meaning you take a stance on something mm-hmm. and people are often scared my clients included, are scared to kind of draw that line and be like, this is where I stand on X, Y thing within my industry. Because it feels scary. It feels scary to be that level of vulnerability. But at the same time, you will that will attract people who are for you and repel people who aren't for you. And isn't that the best? Yeah. Like that's what we want because we're not for everybody. Your audience and it's, it's curated because your values are the same. Yeah. And people love to share their two cents on whatever you're talking about. And so I've been sharing kind of things that come up, bubble up in just conversations that I'm having with people or thoughts around trends that are happening. And, you know, I'm like, what are your thoughts? Here's my thoughts. And people engage. I didn't spend time in Canva creating a graphic or a video. I just added my text, period. And it's gotten really good engagement. So I think that's going to continue to get amplified. LinkedIn sent me a message yesterday asking me to weigh in on something in PR and I it, it and so I'm going to do it and it was like we're not sending this to too many people we want you to weigh in the community, community was, badges I don't know what it is but I was like I think I got to do it because they have never sent me anything like this before telling me to weigh in on my opinion and it said something mm-hmm. to the fact that it's it's going to be an article, different mm-hmm. LinkedIn voices. Yes. Um, some of it has is AI generated, but we've yep. only pretty much we've only chosen a certain number of you guys to weigh in and do it if you want type thing. And I'm like, I feel like I kind of have to. Yeah. So I re- I recently wrote a blog on this. So it's like top community voice badges. And it's basically LinkedIn's way of gamifying LinkedIn a little bit. Mm. So they have these contributing articles. Yeah. They have these contributing articles that they want experts like us to weigh in on. And then in exchange for expertise over time, we get a badge. Mm. The key with the badge, and this just happened to me because I was testing everything, is in 60 days after you get the badge, and there's no, at least at this point, there's no like, and thir- you know, after 30 submissions, you'll get a badge, but they do have like alerts or notifications. Like if you contribute to five more articles, you're that much closer to earning a badge. So they're really trying to gamify LinkedIn, which I think is super smart because it keeps people returning back. And then on your profile, you get like a little like top marketing voice or like top PR voice, which is like super fancy pants, right? Say less, but... <laughs> You know, yes. like say less around. So, but the thing is, and my top marketing badge just expired. And I was like, I felt some kind of because I was like, are they are they yanking my chain? Is this for real? Like, are they actually gonna take it away? They did. 
So, so now I have to go back in and start to re-engage, but I want the social media one anyway. So I will go in and engage there and get that badge because wow. people look at your profile and they're like, oh, she said this or that. And so that also helps amplify your reputation and all of that. It's genius, but also it's kind of scary because you're like, are you going to take my expertise and knowledge and then just like AI it up? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to answer it today. I I saw it and I was very intrigued and I was like, let me figure out what I want to say. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then people like upvote your in like your intel there. It's it's so smart. And something that I've been telling some of my clients who are like very much in that their PhDs, MDs, authors who have that thought leadership, I'm like, you need to be hopping on this because that'll just continue to amplify what you're doing. So smart. I'm going to add that to my PR recommendations. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I have a whole blog on it. So if you're like, I don't feel like I need to research it, just go to my blog. I did all the research for you. So you don't have to. Yeah, I'll definitely send me the link to the blog and I'll also put it in the show notes too. That's sounds awesome. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Listen, here's a secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. So what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? Think about it now. You and bright lights and on PR yourself with Leah Frazier. Hey, it could happen. Listen, Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency. They're one of the friends of the show that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. So if you're an expert in your field, you have a unique story to share, or you have an interesting point of view, it is time for you to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Listen, your audience is waiting to hear from you. Don't make them wait too much longer. So what you're going to do, you're going to head to kitcaster.com. That is K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R.com forward slash PR yourself to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. And listen, don't delay. Get with it today. A lot of your amazing guests that you guys love so much on this podcast came from Kitcaster. Don't delay. Next time it needs to be you. All right. Um, so yeah. what else we got? Other things. Uh, video has is not going to go anywhere. So let's just get over ourselves now and show up on video as us. Um, because until AI gets even scarier, I cannot, as a social media manager, agency owner, I cannot be you on video yet. So you still have to show up because people relate to other people, not brands or logos or faceless brands. So like show up on there for yourself. A big thing that I'm looking at as we move into 2024 is YouTube shorts. Mm. I get so many views and it's just silly stuff like, oh, Last week I was uh, at the Janet Jackson concert in Houston for World World AIDS Day. And I was just like, Janet still got it at her age. Like she was killing it. She did an entire show. She never stopped. And so I found this one clip where Janet was just getting it. And I was like, boom, uploaded. I woke up the next day, 1,100 views. I did the same thing at the Beyonce concert. I was like, here's Dallas doing the music. I'm having challenge. serious FOMO. What the heck? You're going to all the amazing. I know. Clubs. It's just like, yeah, I just have friends who probably feel sorry for me. It's like, <laughs> <come to, laughs> I got a free ticket. You want to go? And then Even better. Friends, Wait, I need those know? friends. Friends, if you're listening to the podcast. Hey, friends. <laughs> we can all be friends. Yeah. Because once Carlin makes it, she's going to take us all on a trip where we don't know where we're yeah. going. So there we go. It works. But yeah, Perfect. when I went to uh, Renaissance, I knew that people were like judging cities based on who did the mute challenge the best. So I recorded it in Dallas. I was on mute, but I still held my phone up and I uploaded it that night. And I said, uh, Dallas Beyonce mute challenge. How did we do? And woke up the next day and it was tens of thousands. And I think right now it's probably at 50,000 views. Amazing. And it's just like 10 seconds long. And I'm like, I'm just going to upload all of my fun shorts videos on YouTube because they're counting the views 
right along in your analytics, you know what I mean? For your channel. So why not? Can I I just point something out from a strategic angle that you did really well with that is one, you saw a trend and you did it. And then the timeliness, you put it right up. You didn't wait. You just put it out there and you're like, let's see what happens. And that is a major move because a lot of people will be like, is this great? Is this edit? Okay. Like, did we do okay? Like people just overanalyze no matter the content. And I think we're even more um, cruel to ourselves if we turn the camera on to us. So I love that those two things you're like, I'm going to upload it tonight. I'm going to find that that trend is happening. And you had the foresight to do it live when you were there. And I think a lot of people struggle with that too, is I always say like content, everything is content in the right context. Mm-hmm. Like you could film anything, just give me the content and I'll create. And that, I think this goes back to like my journalism roots a little bit. You know, when you get something and you're like, how do I make this a story. make sense or yeah. how do I really care about this thing? Yeah. Right. You kind of add that little bit of a spin to it, depending on what it is. So I'm really good at that. And so that's a, that's a great tactic for people. Just start filming things. You'll figure it I'm out. Excited. Later. You say YouTube shorts. So it's like, yes. I'm already doing. But now how do you it. add it? How do you add a layer of your business to that? That part. Uh, that part. That that that'll to your point, and that's why you're the expert. That's why y'all y'all just go to Carlin. Don't talk. Don't call me. You call me <laughs> when you're putting it out there, and and you, yeah. you got a consistent strategy. But that will be tough to yeah. if, especially if you're a thought leader or whatever, and you've got to take your topic and minimize it to this short. However. I see more of that when I'm scrolling YouTube, like there's a bar and it's a bar of stuff they're feeding to me based Mm -hmm. off of what I watched. Uh, And folks are hopping on that, that trend, like big time. Yeah. And we're, we were just talking, I was just talking about this with my ops person just a couple of days ago. And she's like, I think like YouTube is the shorts is starting to get adopted because the reach is so vast right now. And just like anything, it could all change tomorrow. So like, let's just jump in and give it a try. And so do you have to be an early adopter of every social platform? No, because that's exhausting. But do what you can and research and what feels in alignment with you and what feels easier. I think that is a big thing because that's the only way you're going to be consistent with whatever yeah. platform you're putting content out is if it feels easier. <laughs> and I will say the shorts, it doesn't take long at all. Like I come up with like, what do I want my caption to say? What hashtags do I want to use? <laughs> yep. Do I want to put any text on top of the video? Boom, upload, boom, I'm done. And like yeah. I said, I wake up the next day and it's like, you have these many new subscribers yeah. and this video has 1200 views. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's Janet. What? Yeah, 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 exactly. And so <laughs> just looking at that, thinking of a strategy that makes sense. And then how can you weave in the trends to your existing business things. And even if that, like if going to concerts and things like that, if that's part of like your balance of who you are, like that is a great way to weave it in to, you know, we all have a lot of fun. Business doesn't need to be so uptight all the time. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at our dance moves. We're so great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, yeah. so we have a couple more. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I just, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm excited about all of them. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited. So what, what else can you get me excited about? Okay, so one thing that we've seen sort of come out a little bit within the 2023, but I, it's going to start getting even more narrow in 2024 is the impact of like niche communities because. Social media, where it sits right now, is very noisy. There's a lot of things that are not maybe relevant to who you are and what you're looking for. So I think beyond the adoption or the continued adoption of Facebook groups, we're going to see places like Discord and you know things that were originally meant for like gamers and things like really be hyper-targeted for small businesses to run masterminds or to run just having those conversations. Same with Reddit. Like it feels narrow. 
right? It, it, it's around specific topics. So very much thinking about what is your, your, your niche of choice. For me, this is the hardest trend for me to want to adopt because I don't really pigeonhole myself and being like, I only do LinkedIn or I only do Instagram. I do all the things um, because I can do all the things and I like to do all the things and I'm not a one size fits all solution for people because I do a full audit to make sure like, does this make sense of where your audience is? Does this strategy make sense to align you with your goals? And if, you know, I'm not going to be like, hey, you got to go to TikTok. No, because that's maybe not where your audience is. So really thinking about your audience first and where they're hanging out has always been a priority. But now the internet is working to make things smaller, Mm. to make them more community. And I think we first saw a glimpse of this uh, during the 2020 when we were all like craving human connection and we all like hopped onto Clubhouse to figure out what that was about. <laughs> that was me. I yeah, was on see, all the stages. <laughs> I thought it was so fun because like I was in a room where Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child was on the stage talking about her book. And then I was in another room where Barbara Corcoran, like the real, you know, real real estate mogul was on the stage. Those tickets, if I had to buy them for a conference, would have been thousands of dollars. So who was it? Uh, Grant Cardone. Yeah. Once he got in, he was in there all day, every day. And and I was telling people like, y'all got to get in this room because Grant charges a grip for this information. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah. And oh, those were the days. What a time those to were the be days alive. When we like couldn't go outside, <laughs> you know? And so it's just thinking about, you know, where do your people hang out? Who do you want to attract? And how do you make the internet feel smaller for those people? Mm, that's good. So adopting things like Discord or jumping onto Reddit and leaving kind of relevant commentary um, and picking like topics and running full, you know, monthly campaigns on LinkedIn or on Mm. social, if that strategy fits with you, how can you make the internet feel smaller for people? And I will say you guys, we have one more tip left, but this (laughs) is just a plug for y'all to we're, we're doing part one and part two. So part two is call to actions and what Carlin is going to tell you in the very next podcast episode after this one. So you're going to want to stay locked in is transferring your audience off of one platform to the other. We're not going to tell you today because we want you to tune into the next episode, but I think that's going to lead into if you start a community on a discord, how do I get them from this YouTube video or from Instagram to now join my community? So thank you for just that easy, just, you know, alley-oop. And I just slam dunked that for you. Awesome. Uh, so what's our last Teamwork. One? Teamwork. Teamwork last one is social media managers will continue to become best friends with AI so you don't have to. Um, What I love about AI, at first I was like kind of bummed out, honestly, of the wide adoption that AI has had in 2023. It's only going to continue to get wider in 2024. But I was like, oh man, like everyone's going to, you know, start writing their content on ChatGPT and like, how do I fit into this? And I think my copywriter who's on my team said it best. And she was like, chat GPT says everything and nothing at the same time. And I want you to kind of like hear that because you still need to add your thumbprint, right? Like your personality. It doesn't matter how good your AI brief prompt is that you insert in that for either yourself or your clients or your brand. You still need to look at it you need to make sure it sounds like you regardless and you need to check for accuracy mm. still uh the biggest thing that i've seen myself my team uh and other social media uh experts use chat gpt specifically for is for three things one is inspiration because nothing is intim- intimidating more than seeing that cursor blink on a screen and you're like what do I write for this engineering company? I'm not an engineer. Like, where do I start? It gets inspiration. Uh, it also is great for speed. I've used it to generate relevant national days. 
if that's part of my client's strategy. I don't have to go to five different resources. I can ask chat. It'll run it through. And then the last thing is repurposing. If I already have, let's just say, a blog and I'm in my Google Analytics and it is crushing organic traffic, like it is getting a lot of traction, how can I take that blog, copy, paste it into chat and ask chat to repurpose it into five different threads or five different tweets? Yes. And you know, it'll spit it out and it will include the hashtags and you didn't even ask. It knows. And so it just helps from a repurposing standpoint. It helps from speed and inspiration. Uh, You still need to be savvy in behind the scenes of all of these different tools. And I think I heard somewhere, I was at Content Marketing World in DC this year and someone, I was at a session about creative and like art through um, uh, AI, blew my mind. But there's like 200 new AI tools that come into market like every month or something wild. Wow. She like showed a chart and it was like just a collage of 200 plus AI tools that have been just inserted into the market in the past like six months. It is mind boggling. So all of them are not created equal. Use them (laughs) with a grain of salt. You still have to be a human to use them. And I think humans plus AI equals like great little team. (laughs) Uh, But you have to have someone that knows how to use it and not abuse it. And yeah, you know, use it with caution. Well, that I mean, that's a great way to round it out, because I know that is one of the the asks for 2024 is like, what are we seeing in terms of AI and technology? So, I mean, all of these tips, plus you got a bonus one in the beginning about being authentic. I mean, so yeah. you technically got six from Carlin, but I just thank you so much for your expertise and your time on this episode. Where can people find you? And then can you direct them? I know you have some resources. Uh, tell them where they can access those resources. Absolutely. If you go to osnapsocial.com forward slash resources, that is where you can find a lot of lead magnets, freebies, um, and a little bit of the, the paid resources as well. Uh, And then as always, my inbox is open so you can fill out the contact form there. Happy to chat. Yay. Well, thank you, Carlin. And like I told you guys, we're having her back for part two. We're going to talk all things seven CTAs, call to actions. And we, we already had a little discussion about it that you need to know as a small business owner that can effectively increase your engagement. So you really, really, really need to stay tuned, stay locked in. And we will be back with another episode shortly. <laughs>